basics of recruiting all right so let's recap what do we do we primarily focus on selling life insurance to middle america we make sure that that middle america joe lunch bucket i was told 20 years ago joe america that average american we're going out there making sure that that family when the when the inevitable happens and the major breadwinner dies we're making sure that family doesn't lose everything and we may be the only ones who ever go see that family and provide and offer protection, right? In addition to that, we have all these ancillary products that we can support that client with. But from a sales perspective, our primary focus is making sure that basic life insurance is in place for that average American. On top of that, we're also able to build a business teaching other people how to go help those average Americans provide for their family. Just that simple, that's what we do. Uh, and so we are systematic on the sales side and uh, you need to know we're just as systematic on the business building side and that's where these four basics of recruiting come in I want to share them with you um, I will uh, give you some links to different videos that you can click on and watch some of these topics a little more in depth uh, today is not going to be an in-depth on each one of these basics uh, it's just gonna be more of a general overview I want to start off with an observation and uh, if you've been with me for longer than a year uh, you probably have heard me talk about these observations, but an observation I've made over the years is this. As recruiting goes, so goes production. As recruiting goes, so goes production. As, as, so when, when, when I look at um, our hiring uh, line graph, our production, uh, our hiring line graph, so the, the, the new agents that we're, coming on, that we're bringing on board, when I do a line graph of that, the, re the recruiting line graph that we see throughout the year, and this particular one is going up, if you took the production line graph and just put it over top of the recruiting line graph, now, if you're really technical about it, the, the Y and the X axis are gonna be different numbers, different values, because you may be running $100,000 in volume, but recruit 10 people. So you can't necessarily put those on the same graph. But if you take, if you print off this line graph and, and print off this line graph and, and put them on top of each other, it's eerie how similar they are. And what I've seen over the years is, again, as recruiting goes, so goes production. Well, Fitz, why, people ask me this, why do you talk so much about recruiting? I don't think I talk about recruiting enough. But uh, for those who feel like I talk so much about it, it's because as recruiting goes, so goes production. So if I can get recruiting going up, I can get production going up. Why, Fitz? Does recruiting predict production? I don't know. I got a, at least a thousand theories. I don't know the one that's 100% absolute the truth. I just know that 20 plus years in this business, since 1999 I've been at this, I just know when recruiting is going up that production is going to go up. It's just, it's just one of those things in this business that is so predictable. I've had conversations with, with really intelligent people in this business, and they ask me, Fitz, how are you going to drive up your production? How are you going to build your company and help others build theirs? I go, I'm going to focus on driving recruiting up. And they just go, mm-hmm, it's just that simple, isn't it? So 
if recruiting is going down, do you know what production is going to do? It's going to go down. If recruiting is going down, production is going down. Now, back it up. Recruiting is going up, production is going up. Recruiting is going down, production is going down. If production is going up, what is recruiting doing? I don't know. It's a trick question. Production doesn't predict recruiting. Production doesn't, recruit, uh, doesn't predict recruiting. So if production is going up, we don't actually know what recruiting is going to do. It doesn't predict it. And, and a matter of fact, oftentimes production going up, you'll, we'll see recruiting going down, and that's terrifying to me. Because again, been at this a couple of decades, I know that if production is going up, but recruiting is going down, listen, if production is going up, what does that mean? If production is going up, it means we have more people making more money. Production going up sounds like a great thing. Unfortunately, when production is going up, but recruiting is going down, we're all focused on the commissions that we're making, and we're not focused on the process that gets us those commissions. And, and in fact, if production is going up, but recruiting is going down, what we're eventually going to see is a correction in the market. Now, I'm not a big stock market guy. Uh, I have lived long enough to see the stock market come and go, uh, the real estate market come and go. I've, I've seen it just, it's all, it, and they talk about the, the market correction. And I don't fully know how to explain to you what that is, but I know what it means here is that if recruiting is going down, it's going to eventually mean that production is going down because recruiting predicts production. And if production is going up, but recruiting is going down, eventually it's going to make a U-turn and that red line is going to start going down again for production. I just know it. Now, here's another thing. If recruiting is flat, let's say you're recruiting steadily one a week, two a week, 10 a week, 100 a week, 1,000 agents a week coming on board, but it's the same number every week and not going up or down, what is production going to do? It's also going to stay the same. So a trick for me over the last couple of decades is I've got to reach my capacity. If you think of, if you think of yourself like, like a cup, okay? So I've got a, I got a 32-ounce cup, and I fill it full of water. And it's, if a 32-ounce cup is full of water, how many ounces are in that cup? How many, how many ounces of water do you have? 32 ounces, right? What if you put a, a 33rd ounce in there? It, it's going to spill over because the cup only holds 32. That's the capacity for that cup. So personally, on a recruiting standpoint, I try to reach my capacity. I try to do as much as I can do. I try to fill that cup to the, to the brim. And then I get another cup. What does that mean? I teach somebody else how to recruit and do like me. Because I know that if I, as, as I'm getting good at recruiting, as you're getting good at recruiting, recruiting is going up. What's production doing? It's going up. But eventually you reach your capacity and it levels off. What is production doing? Leveling off. So in order for us to continue to see production going up, we've got to continue adding more capacity for recruiting. I can only do so much. There's 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, 168 hours in a week. That's all I got. It's all you got. And so if we're going to add more hours to the week, we have to add more people doing what we do. So uh, I, remember, um, I remember the first staff I hired full-time, that we hired full-time, 
I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I really just added another day. If you're working eight hours a day and you add somebody on staff that's also working eight hours a day, you're now working 16 hours a day in your business. You've just doubled. And every person you add on, there's another potential 24 hours a day that you've added to your business. So we talk a lot about recruiting because this number can't be flat. Listen, if recruiting is 100 a week, that, and, and it's every week, that recruiting number is flat. Production could be 100,000 a week, which sounds great. And, and, and honestly, 100,000 a week is probably going to get you a partnership offer from Integrity Marketing. But look, <laughs> it's flat. And nobody's excited about production being flat. Everybody's excited about production going up. So even if it's a million a week, and that sounds awesome, if it's not going up, it's not exciting. It's flat. Okay? So... That's just an observation. And that's why I teach the four basics of recruiting. This is not something I say we're going to get back to the basics on recruiting. No, this is something I teach regularly uh, in, in individual conversations I have with people about building. I'm constantly talking about this. I've never, I've never gotten off the basics of recruiting. There are four basics of recruiting. Now, if you're an anal note taker, I am going to give a little detail about each one of those. So if you're taking notes right now, you can either leave space or just know that I'm going to list off all four at some point throughout the presentation. Okay? I'm, I'm one of those guys, I, I can't stand it when somebody lists off four things and they go back and explain each one of those four things. I'm like, ah, I didn't leave space for the notes. So if you're an anal note taker, it's okay. Just, just go with me. One, just write down one and then write down the other three when we get to them. First off, list of names. That's the first basic. Second basic is check interest. Third basic is interview. And fourth basic is follow up properly. I'm going to touch on each one of these and I will direct you to more in-depth training that we already have created on these, okay? So list of names. We're going to start there. If you go to the fitzgroup.org slash list dash of dash names. <laughs> really creative with our, our naming of domains here, our URLs. The fitzgroup.org slash list of names list dash of dash names, uh, you'll see uh, videos there. There's several videos, more than I show on this screen. There's warm market, there's cold market. Uh, when it comes to list of names, there are two different, um, two different pools of potential uh, agents that we're pulling from. One is warm market. These are people we already know. Two is cold market. These are people that we don't know yet. Warm market typically is you jotting down names and numbers of people that you know. Cold market is typically running ads. Maybe it's on Facebook, ZipRecruiter, Craigslist, whatever. You're running ads. You're meeting people you don't know yet. That's cold market, and we have a whole systematic approach to that. I'm not teaching it today. I'm just making you aware of it. When I first got started, um, I did not have a warm market to start with. Uh, when I first got started, I... <laughs> I had been through a couple of opportunities and invited my friends and family to join me, and it didn't work out. So when I finally found a good one, I didn't have a lot of credibility left anymore. Uh, I was young. I was fresh out of college. Uh, a lot of my college buddies were getting their first jobs, actually paying money. Previous opportunities I had shown them weren't paying anything. So <laughs> I didn't have a lot of credibility. I had to immediately start running ads. Uh, if you want, uh, watch the videos on that, the list of names I just showed you. Uh, those videos, cold market, we got a whole training on that. I'm going to focus first, though, here uh, today on the, the list of names for the warm market. It is a working document. I've had people say, well, I, I, Fitz, I gave you all the names I know. I meet people all the time. I got a text this morning from a, a, a new friend. 
that I just met. I didn't have their number saved in my phone. And, and he texted me and said, hey, this is Steve. I was like, oh, cool. I got a new name and number in my phone. So the, the list of names is a working document. I mean, you're going to add names to it. You're going to take names off. Consider the following when putting together this list of names. Uh, friends, neighbors, relatives, church members, fellow employees, club members, past associates, Christmas card list, wedding invitation list, if married, classmates, and anyone you admire. And if you're watching this, just take a screenshot. We're going to go to the next page now. <laughs> Who are the top five people you think you'd want to do this? As you're putting together a list of, of people that are going to come on board with us, who do you think you'd want to, to, to be on the beaches of the world? Man, when I, when I picture myself on the beaches of the world, my best friend so-and-so is always going to be with me And when I picture it. Okay, put them on your list. I call these five your beer-fighting buddies, your bar-fighting buddies. The ones you go out for a beer and uh, somebody, somebody says something wrong and these, you're getting in a bar fight now. These are the five friends you hope are there with you in that bar fight. Let's talk to them. Who do I know that? Will answer my call. I respect. Shows genuine concern for other people. People always seem to like. Is a professional. Is in clubs and various group organizations. Teaching position. Deals with the public. Manager. Looking for more out of life. Is considered a leader. Ooh. Is intelligent, responsible, and ambitious. I love talking to people like that. If you're watching this, screenshot. Moving on. <laughs> now we're going to rank them. We're not going to eliminate anybody. We're going to prioritize. So. When we're prioritizing, we're looking for six pointers. We're looking for people between the ages of 25, really, and about 45. Why 25 and 45, Fitz? I'm 65. You're saying I can't do this? Man, I was 17 when I got introduced to this world. So, you, you, no, I'm, I'm saying you can do it. I'm saying the bell curve is 25 to 45. That's the optimal time frame. And, and there's lots of reasons why. Check out the video. I'll explain why. They need to be married. They get a point. They don't need to be married. They get a point for being married. Uh, a point for having children, a point for, for being employed with a $30,000 or more a year income, and uh, a point for owning a home, uh, a point for being healthy. We're not eliminating anybody here, but the six pointers, our studies have shown, the six pointers have a higher likelihood of seeing success here than the zero pointers. When I was found at 17 on somebody's list of names, I was one, healthy. I was healthy. That's all I was at 17. I didn't have these others. And yet, whoever bet on me back in 1993 made a good bet. Moving on. Here's an easy way of doing all of this. Download your contacts into a spreadsheet. Just that simple. Download your contacts into a spreadsheet. And what we'll do is, is you, you, it says here on these instructions, take a screenshot, but what it says here on these instructions is email yourself the spreadsheet, go through the spreadsheet, pull the people out you know Nobody has any business reaching out to. A couple of years ago, uh, I got a list of names from a lady, and she left in her ex-mother-in-law. Yeah, that, that conversation went about as well as you think. Um, I, I would recommend pulling that name out. Uh, <laughs> and then what you're going to do ultimately is, don't be too picky, though. Don't be too picky. You'd be surprised how many people, um, you'd be surprised how many people, number one, aren't going to know who you are when we reach out to them. Like, Who's that guy? I don't even know who that guy is, but I'm looking. You'll be surprised how many people would say, you know what, so-and-so has no idea that we're in this situation. My wife and I just this morning were praying for extra money in our household budget. So don't be too judgy-judgy. Don't make financial decisions for others. If you know we're going to piss them off just by texting them, <laughs> maybe take them off the list. But, but otherwise, leave them. And then we're going to go through it. We're going to pull out the names and numbers. Uh, we'll pull out the... Um, 
the restaurants you forgot to pull out, that one time you say the Red Cross Relief Fund we're going to pull out of there, and we're looking for duplicates. We don't want to call uh, the same number for multiple people, and we don't want to call one person on multiple different numbers necessarily. We want to clarify what number uh, is, uh, is the right number. All right? So that's step one, list of names. Basic number two, we're going to now check interest. Again, you can go to thefitzgroup.org slash check dash interest. Uh, there are videos here on how we make a phone call and how we do the text. Again, more in-depth. I'm right now just going to touch on these. Checking interest. Scripts for calling lists to check interest. Hello. So I'm calling. Hello. Yes. Uh, my name is Fitz. Uh, Bob gave me your name and number and said you might be able to help me. Do you have a second? Sure. I own a life insurance agency in Dallas, Texas. We've done a ton of marketing all over the country. We currently have more people asking to buy than we have that can go sell them. I'm looking for full-time, part-time, sometime, anytime help. Pays about $500 per sale starting out. We'll teach you how to do what we do. Does that sound like something you can help us with or at the very least have a longer conversation about? I do this via text. I do it via phone call. Again, watch those other videos for the more in-depth uh, training on those two things. But this is what I'm saying. Take a screenshot. Let's move on. <laughs> the prospect says no. Sometimes they say no. Gr no worries, John. Who do you know that could help us? Someone looking for a new job, part-time income, potential business opportunity. Maybe get a, list, or a referral. I call them list of names. Maybe get a referral or two from them uh, that they could lead. Maybe, maybe they know somebody. They're not interested, but their grandson is. Who knows? Prospect says, yes, I would love to talk more about that. Great. I don't have the time right now to get into the details, but I'd like to schedule a time to talk for about 30 minutes. Guys, I see this conversation as a first date. We're just going on a first date. Nobody gets married on a first date. We're checking interest to see if there's interest in a second date. That's it, right? So I'll also send you a quick video about our company so you can have some, uh, some background information before our conversation. This is when I'm making the phone call to that list of names. I say something very similar by text as well. Check out the texting video for details on that. Now we're going to do the interview. Look, we needed people to call, and then we called them to check interest. Not to see if they want to get married, just checking to see if they might be interested in a date, right? Now we're actually going to have the conversation. It's labeled an interview, but again, I see it like a first date. On a first date, we do not talk about the hot topics of the day. I have friends to discuss and debate all of the hot topics that are out there right now. I'm not doing that with a stranger. So with a stranger, I'm steering clear of all that. You can't even bait me into having those conversations because there is no good that can come from it. Even if that person 100% agrees with me, I'm taking a risk by having that conversation. I may ruin a friendship before it even gets a chance to start. That's a problem. So <laughs> for more details about this, and listen, on the uh, interviewing basics, uh, the, the, the fitsgroup.org slash interview dash basics, on this, we have uh, the, the, what I'm about to show you, and we have some live dialing that I've done, some interviews I've actually done. You can actually listen to that. If you want to get good at doing interviews, what I'd recommend is just come sit with me while I'm doing interviews, uh, and I'll show you how to do it. It's not complicated. But in I, when I'm doing an interview and I'm having this conversation, I don't do scripts. I don't like scripts. I prefer instead to have a basic outline that I follow through to, to, to come to the ultimate resolution to the conversation, right? I, I, conversation, it's really hard to script a thousand different conversations into one script. And so instead, what I try to do for myself when I'm teaching you is I give myself guardrails. Uh, this is what I'm trying, the conversation I'm trying to have. I start off trying to build a relationship, trying to make a connection of some way, somehow. You know, my first name is 
is spelled differently than it's pronounced. A lot of people are like that. Uh, so I connect with people on that. Uh, maybe there's a military background. Maybe we're from the same hometown or from the same areas. I'm just looking for things we have in common. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of like when you go to a party and you're meeting somebody for the first time, you're looking for the things that you have in common with that person. This is not just one step. You're going to do this all the way through the presentation, uh, all the way through the conversation. You're, you're constantly looking for things that you have in common. Number two, you're now identifying the need. You're trying to figure out what they are missing that you can help with. Uh, with us on the recruiting side, now this, by the way, this same outline works in sales. Our in-home presentation follows this same outline. But I'm looking for, uh, do they need a, a new market? There are people who do Medicare sales, and they really only do it for a couple of months a year. The rest of the year, they look and do life insurance sales. So a couple, two or three months a year, they're doing Medicare sales. The other you know, nine or ten months of the year, they need something to do. Maybe that's the market we're in. Companies. I've had people come on board with us just because we have companies that issue products. Yeah. Uh, maybe the leads. Maybe, maybe somebody's looking for leads. Somebody's looking for... Um, a good lead program. You know, if they're, if they're not licensed and we talk about market, we keep it more general. We're in the life insurance business. 100% guarantee people are going to use what we have. Uh, companies, if, again, if they're not licensed and talking about companies, I use the big name brands that we have like Mutual Omaha, Transamerica. These are massive multi-billion dollar companies. Leads, non-licensed person coming on board, they feel comfort knowing they're not going to have to hit up their friends and family to sell them Tupperware again. Instead, we actually have people asking to buy what we're selling. Number four, support. Uh, just this week, just this week, a new producer said, I've been with two other marketing companies in this industry that don't offer any training and support. And in the first week with you guys, I've already gotten 8,000 times more support and training than I ever got from those other two combined. It just took us a week to reach that number. So support's a big deal. Non-licensed people, listen, non-licensed people like to know that, that, that we have a systematic approach to teaching them how to do what we do. And money. Money, not just the sales side, but there's opportunities for building a business that can be bought out by a multi-billion dollar company and be, and be worth millions to you. Uh, we have that opportunity. Not everybody does. And so non-licensed, most non-licensed people don't wake up dreaming about selling insurance. So they really uh, love the thought process of not just making a little extra money for a side hustle, but able to turn that, being able to turn that into something that's more of a business uh, and creating a, a, bitter, a bigger opportunity for themselves with that. So we're identifying the need. If their needs don't fall into one of those five categories, we're just not a fit. Number three, fill the need. Now we're going to tell them that how what we have fits with what they're looking for. Um, I've had people listen to me do interviews, and they've made this comment. Often I get this comment, you didn't tell them everything. I go, God, my oldest is 15. I still haven't told him everything. I've been with him 15 years. How could you possibly ever tell somebody everything? I think it's a, an impossibility. There's going to be some things they learn on their own. And so when I'm doing an interview in that first conversation, I'm just talking about what they said they were interested in. Maybe it's leads. Maybe it's the companies. Maybe it's the money. I'm not talking about all of it. That's overwhelming, and I'm never going to cover it all. I just talk about the main thing, and it's their main thing, not my main thing. It's their most important thing. And then once we fill the need, we close the deal. What are we doing there? Well, we're sending them the instructions for completing the fast track. We are bam-famming, booking a meeting from a meeting. We're booking a specific second appointment with them where we're going to get back together with them and do the next thing.
on our, on our list of things to do, which is following up. We'll show you in a second. And I'm always asking for referrals. Hey, man, before I get off the phone real, real quick, anybody in your head, you know, right now, just pop it into your head that w- might be interested I, sh- I should reach out to? I get names and numbers like that all the time. Follow up properly. Number four. All right, again, got videos on this. Every specific thing we do as it pertains to um, getting somebody started the fast track process, if they're not licensed, get them hooked up with a license coach, doing the um, uh, uh, c- contracting piece, if they're already licensed, getting them connected with the different insurance companies we represent. There's, there's a bunch of different videos here following up properly. Just going to hit on some highlights here. Follow up is where we lose people. Consistently, I talk to people trying to build an agency, and they say, Fitz, I talked to this person, and then they disappeared. And I say, did you have a second appointment booked? Yeah, we're supposed to connect you know, yesterday sometime. That's not specific. It's when I'm talking to you today, I'm booking another time within 24 hours that we're going to talk again specifically. Today is Tuesday at 1125 Central. Tomorrow, we are going to speak again at 3 p.m., <laughs> it's specific. It's booked. They, they are expecting the conversation. Do they always show up then? No, but you're increasing your odds. Get them scheduled into the assembly line. The assembly line is what we commonly refer to as just the process of getting them assembled, getting them into the, the new agent boot camp and starting to lay that foundation of education so we can get them up and running quickly. We can start helping them develop the habits that is going to re- be required in order to make the money that they're looking to make. So get them into that quickly. Bam fam, book a meeting from a meeting. Every time you're talking to that new person, there should be another time in the next 24 to 48 hours that you are specifically getting back with them and talking about the next thing, okay? Whenever you talk with a new agent, make sure where they are in the process, that they're falling through the cracks, help them get back on the right track. Somebody gets their first set of leads, and now I'm talking with them about making dials and, they, and, and, and the dials they've made, but they haven't made dials yet. Oh, man. Well, okay, so you got leads and you were told to make dials before our conversation and you didn't. Okay, so right now I'm not coaching you on the dials that you didn't make. Instead, we're going to make dials now, right? So we missed a step in this training process and this foundation that we're laying. We missed a step, so we're going to go back and, and make sure that step, that gap is filled in. We don't need any cracks in this process. We don't need anybody falling through. We need to make sure that every step is followed so that we are laying the foundation for somebody to be great. Whether they are or not is up to them, but the foundation we can help establish. Can I help you build your override income? I'm constantly asking this question for new people coming on board. Hey, did you hear about that override income? Do you know how that works? Did you know that you can build a a team here, a business here, a a, a multi-million dollar payout for you down the road? Did you know that? Would you like help with that? And oftentimes they're saying yes and handing me over names and numbers. If they want the override income, help them get on these four basics, walk them through the process. So somebody says to me, yeah, you know what? That override income be nice. One of the questions I, I, or one of the statements I make is, look, while you're getting the sales up and going, I'm going to focus on getting your overrides up and going. And hopefully we're going to meet somewhere in the middle on your income goals. Does that sound appealing to you? Where it's not all on your shoulders, but I want you to believe it is. And it's not all on my shoulders, and I'm going to treat it like it is. But, but somehow, some way, we're going to meet somewhere in the middle. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. All right. Well, let's go back up to step one. <laughs> and this is where I say, let me, let me show you how to build this list of names. The quickest way to do it is just download the contacts in your cell phone. You could give me onesie, twosie names and numbers, and we'll go from there. A recruit isn't a recruit until he has a recruit. I was told that 
20 plus years ago by a mentor. Look, you can think you hired somebody, but until you've helped them hire somebody, you haven't really hired somebody. And, and I want you to follow this thought process because it's very real. Uh, gone are the days where you keep the same job for 40 years. And at the end of that, they give you a gold watch and appreciation for your time and service to the company. Gone are those days. Well, in what we do, we have a job side and we have a business side. The job side is the sales. Gone are the days where somebody does the same job for 40 years. Eventually, they're going to get tired. Eventually, they're going to look for something else. Eventually, eventually, eventually. But people rarely walk away from that override income. They, they rarely give up on the business that they're getting up and going. And the income that is coming from that business side, which is looked at more passively as passive income rather than the active income of the sales side. And what I want to do for you, Mr. New Agent, is help you establish that passive income of what we do while you're working on the active side. Very rarely do people walk away from that passive income. I hope that helps. <laughs> it's the four basics. Again, we can dive deeper into each one of these topics, but it is a general overview I just covered. Uh, I hope that helps. And uh, listen, if I can help you in building that income or anything else, let me know. My contact information is right here on the screen. Uh, go to timewithfits.com if you're looking to book a time with me. My whole staff is there with their calendars available uh, and topics that, uh, that they're open to talk about. Hope that helps. See you guys soon. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.